Bidzy Small Business Society number 142. You're listening to Bidzy Small Business Society. I'm Rob Barisoff. We talk to small business owners about what makes their small business successful. Connect with Bidzy Small Business Society at bidzy.com and grow your business. Bidzy.com is the website that connects customers and respected local businesses. Customers post projects for free in any of over 100 categories, including all types of home renovation, landscaping, cleaning services, photography, and many, many more. Now, if you're a business, Bidzy.com is a great way to find new customers because you are automatically notified each time a customer posts a project in your subscribed categories. So for example, let's say you own a roofing company and a customer posts a project in our roofing category. You are automatically notified via email or text and you can submit a bid at bidzy.com or use our internal chat system to introduce yourself to the customer and give them reasons why they should use you to complete their project. Monthly subscriptions start at $14.99. That's $14.99 per month for unlimited access to new customers and unlimited bidding at bidzy.com. Email rob at bidzy.com for more details or start your 30-day free trial now at bidzy.com. Welcome to this episode of Bidzy Small Business Society. Today, I am happy to be chatting with Jason Falls. Jason is a digital marketing expert who manages the digital strategy and business development for a company called Elasticity. He's also written two books and is a decorated speaker. Jason shares more of his expertise on his popular industry blog, socialmediaexplorer.com, so be sure to go and check that out. But first, welcome Jason. Glad we could connect. Can you first tell us more about yourself, then about some of the projects that you're working on today? Well, sure. Um, thanks for having me on the show. I am uh, I'm a PR guy by trade, writer by craft. Um, I spent about 15 years in the college uh, athletics PR world before I made the transition into mainstream advertising marketing PR. And I've been at a couple of agencies, a couple of brands. And so I've, I've got a, an interesting perspective because I've kind of looked at it from a couple of different angles. Um, and I sort of fell into this whole social media, digital marketing world in about 2005, 2006 and started throwing out ideas for clients and they sort of stuck. And Pretty good timing, right? Yeah, I was, I was in the right place at the right time and didn't <laughs> screw it up. I tell people that a lot. Um <laughs> And I've I've had the really good fortune to uh, to work with some some pretty big brands over the years and develop some ideas that have been noted as being successful. So I started getting invited to you know speak at events and and conferences and whatnot, and ended up writing a couple of books. It kind of snowballed from there. But um, uh, right now, um, in addition to my role uh, in advising clients and uh, and and helping out with new business with elasticity, um, I'm actually uh, sort of going full circle back to that sort of entrepreneur startup mindset uh, because I have this concept of something that I think the marketplace is missing uh, and I'm working on building out a, um, uh, a practice of uh, conversation research, um, you know, basically using 
the conversations in social media as a research source to get consumer insights to inform brands. So we've been doing that uh, for our clients at Elasticity. I've been uh, trying to ramp up that practice quite a bit, and now I'm actually uh, almost going full bore again into, okay, let's build a practice out of this. Um, it will probably exist separate from Elasticity, but will certainly be associated with it. So talk more about that. Does that have to do with mining information? Is that right? Or Yeah, basically, you know, so the concept of social media monitoring or social listening has been around for quite some time, and there's plenty of, of tools out there that provide you with that technology. Um, but when you subscribe to one of these tools, and, and by these tools, I mean Sysimos, NetBase, Radian 6, which is now part of the Salesforce cloud. There's all these tools out there that provide, quote unquote, social listening. Um, but the brands typically use these tool sets to uh, find mentions of them online and then route those issues to customer service or whatever department within the, uh, within the enterprise that needs to address those conversations. What I'm looking at is let's go into the conversation not with a reactive mindset but with a proactive mindset and say, okay, help me get to know my customers better so that I can understand them on a deeper level so that I can make decisions for products, decisions for features, decisions for user experience, or even decisions for marketing messaging or targeting that helps me market better. And so instead of going at um, informing a brand about their consumers from the traditional research mindset of surveys and focus groups. Uh, I'm going at it from let me mine the uh, unstructured data set that is the conversation online and and try to mine insights out of that. Interesting, interesting stuff. So let's go back though, Jason, what was happening around you that you saw as an opportunity to launch your business, to launch your blog and really use your skills to help others in this cluttered digital marketing landscape? Well, you go back to 2006, 2007. I was at this agency. I was sort of exploring the world of social media on the agency's behalf. And so that's how the concept of social media explorer started. That's really what I was doing. I wasn't trying to tell the world that I knew any better than anybody else. I was just experimenting and reporting back on what I was doing and the ideas that I had. Um, and so it started out as just a blog. And for the first uh, three years, I think, or so uh, of its existence, it was just a platform for me to share my ideas and knowledge about this sort of emerging world of social media marketing, which in 2005, 2006, 2007, very few brands were doing it. Um, you know, the people that were doing it were getting a lot of attention, and I started to become one of those people. And so the blog grew rather quickly. The readership grew. There were a lot of people interested in the topic. And um, in 2009, middle of 2009, I left Doe Anderson, the agency I was, and went out on my own as an independent consultant and just said, well, Social Media Explorer is my platform. I'm going to make that blog my business. And it wasn't that I was going to monetize the blog in terms of advertising or anything like that. It was I was going to use that thought leadership platform as a lead generation source for consulting work. Um, and so fast forward two or three years, and now I have clients coming in who are asking me for strategy consulting work. I'm also developing uh, – I was developing an online learning community back then called Exploring Social Media. I was also building out an event, event series called Explore. And I started doing this conversation research. So I had products and I had services. So I brought in a business partner. I grew. We became a uh, – at one point, I think we were about a 10 or 12-person sort of boutique agency. 
Um, and in the midst of all that, um, my business partner and I were, you know, sort of, she was handling the, uh, the agency side of things. I was handling the information product side of things. Um, and then, you know, things happened. Cafe Press came after me and said, we want to bring you in to help us. And I thought, well, let me get my business partner. We'll come out there and talk about it. And they said, no, we don't, we don't want the business partner. We want to hire you full time. And, and so opportunities, you know, kind of got in the way of that business growing anymore, at least with me associated with it. So I actually sold uh, to my business partner and extracted myself some from Social Media Explorer and basically went and got a master's degree in brand side online retail for a couple <laughs> of years. Um, and so, you know, it's funny how things happen because had I not left Social Media Explorer, uh, I think we could have, have built something a lot bigger than we did. But at, this, at the time, it was the right decision and it worked out. Obviously, a good opportunity and a good decision, and now you're enjoying some success, but Jason, it probably wasn't always that way. I want you to take our listeners back to your biggest challenge. What was the biggest challenge that you faced in business or otherwise? And our listeners here are typically looking for the actionable steps that you took to really embrace and overcome that challenge. Sure. Though there, there, there's two big ones that stick out to me, and you know when you're when you're an independent consultant and or you have a small agency and you have a couple of employees, um, you know, you're, you're always going to have that, um, that test of faith where you're not sure how you're going to make payroll next month. Um, that's going to happen. You're, you're just going to have a financial struggle or two along the way. And two big ones stick out for me. One was very early in my life as an independent consultant. I had a client that I'd been working with for three or four months and, the first invoice went 30 days and then it went 60 days and then it went 90 days. And all I have to sell, all an independent consultant has to sell is their time. And so I couldn't get that, those hours back. And so I went to the client and I said, look, I, I need you to pay your bill. This is getting to the point to where I'm giving you a lot of hours and I'm not being paid for them. And we had a disagreement on um, whether or not they would pay their bill, which I still to this day can't understand. Um, and I basically had to fire the client and had to turn it over to a collection agency and, and the legal system. Um, and it almost broke me. Um, I was fortunate enough, though, that I was in a position where I could run out and, you know, scurry up a couple of paid speaking gigs and, you know, do some uh, some side work consulting for a friend of mine who had a little overage on, on the volume that he was getting that, that month. Uh, and so I was able to piece it together. I scrambled and, and figured out a way to make ends meet while I had to replace that income or that income that I never really had, frankly. Um, and so that was a test of my, my faith and my perseverance. I think the actionable steps from that is just really having be believing in yourself and knowing that in a pinch, I will solve the problem. I will figure out a way to make this work. If it's putting my uh, mortgage on a credit card one month, even though I'm sure nobody ever wants to do that, if that's what you have to do to make it the, another 30 days, then that's what you're going to do. The second one is a bigger one, and, and, it, and it really was um, a, a precipitous factor in, in what happened with me going to Cafe Press and a lot of other things that happened. The event series that we were doing with Social Media Explorer at the time, which was called Explorer, we had a five-city tour, and the first three were fantastic, and they were very successful, and money was looking good. We were going to have a good year. And then we went into a market that um, I – put my faith in someone else to really hustle and sell tickets and get butts in seats. And I shouldn't have done that. 
because the previous three I had been really controlling over, okay, this is how we're going to run promotions. And, but I'd gone into this market. It was someone that I knew and someone that I could trust or I thought I could trust. And they weren't as invested in the success of the event as I was, and it showed. And unfortunately, that particular event was a financial failure, big financial failure. I went in the hole like 40 grand. Um, and so I was sitting there and I had probably five people, uh, advisors of mine who I've trusted for years say, you need to declare bankruptcy. This is, this is the best thing you can do. And I just simply refused to do it. I just, I did not want to renege on my commitment to my sponsors, to the, the people that were there. Um, and so I put $40,000, uh, on my credit cards. I, I had two credit cards, maxed them out and paid them off over the course of three, three years. Um, and after that situation, um, the the offer from Cafe Press came in. I made that move. It was a good move for me personally, professionally, and also certainly financially because of the this situation. This is to sell the blog is what you're saying. Yeah. Right? It, well, there was the sell the blog, but then there was also go work for somebody else and take a salary. Um, and so I basically did that with the full intention of uh, of of challenging myself professionally, yes, but there was that secondary thing that, hey, I'm, I'm kind of in the hole here, and I need to create revenue. And this was an opportunity to create revenue. So again, I had faith in myself. I trusted myself. An opportunity came along. I took the decision. I made the right decision. Um, and I, I'm really proud that I didn't declare bankruptcy. I did not want to do that. I didn't want to be the guy who you know wiggled out of his responsibility. Um, and it was tough for a while. But um, – you know, it, it, I think it made me more tough and, and, and gave me the confidence that I can go at just about anything now and find a solution. Absolutely. A $40,000 lesson, it sounds like, Jason, right? <laughs> yeah, when you, when you put it that way, it stings a little bit. But yeah, it's, that's what it was. <laughs> yep, absolutely. So I want to talk about some of your rewards. Now, why is it so great to be Jason Falls? Yeah, wow, that's a really, that's a really, that's a loaded question. Um, I, you know, I just, I really enjoy what I do. I mean, I, I wake up every day and think, uh, you know, people trust my opinion on digital marketing and social media. I'm not necessarily any better or smarter at this than the next guy, but I have a way of of seeing what's out there, articulating uh, ideas and solutions and whatnot for people that they appreciate, and. It, for me, it's fun. And so I make money doing something that I find fun. And that means I don't have a job. I have a career. I have you know, something that I get up every day and can embrace. Um, and in that, in being able to work for myself, um, even though I have relationships with Elasticity and, uh, and, and several clients and whatnot, I really work for me. I also can do that in a world where I have the freedom to pick my kids up at 3 o'clock from school. And I don't have to necessarily uh, work a nine-to-five job. I can kind of work when I have time and when I want to work in order to be able to 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 be successful and and afford to support my family. Um, and so it, it's it's really just kind of a I pinch myself a lot thinking how did I land on the lucky spot here because I really feel fortunate. 
Awesome, man. Yeah. I mean, you're very eloquent. You're very articulate. And in our short time together here, Jason, I don't think it's any secret why people want to work with you, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope, I hope my enthusiasm comes out. And, you know, I, I get I get a little bit of, you know, friendly ribbing from some of my friends in the industry because I'm not in, you know, Boston, Austin, San Francisco. I'm in Louisville, Kentucky. I'm, a, I'm an admitted redneck and hillbilly. <laughs> I, I have a, a little bit of a different perspective on the world because I come from a, a small town and and I have a little bit more of a kind of a common sense, no BS approach to the world. Um, But there's a lot of people out there that appreciate that perspective uh, that I've been able to work with over the the years who who are thankful that I have that that perspective and and am able to offer it up for them. And so, again, I just wake up every day and feel really lucky to be where I am. Yep. Awesome, man. I've had a few of you Southern gentlemen on the show. Yeah. So again, (laughs) thanks again for joining me, man. So Jason, you're the expert here, so don't hold back. What, in your opinion, is most effective for engaging with and growing your audience, especially, like I said earlier, in a noisy marketing and social media landscape? And I want you to help the aspiring entrepreneur understand a few things about really gaining some traction out there. Well, I've said for years that as a marketer, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, in this landscape, as you described it, very noisy, it's just vortex. Of, 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 of noise and not enough signal, if you can create content, if you can create a product, if you can create experiences, and you don't have to create all three, it can be one of the three or two of the three, but it, you have to create content, experiences, or a product that make people stop and say, holy smokes, that's, insert adjective here. It, it can be, that's awesome, that's amazing, that's funny, that's sad, that's impressive, whatever it is. You have to do something that make people stop and take notice. And it's it, it can't just be, um, at least from an economic perspective, it can't always be exposure. You can't just go out and, you know, pepper the marketplace with ads and just impression, 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 impression. That's going to get real expensive real fast. You have to be able to create something, whether it's a product, whether it's an experience, or whether uh, it is your your messaging, your 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 content that makes people sit up and take notice. And if you think about, I mean, think about a few years ago, what you had to do or or how you uh, received information and decided to purchase razor blades, right? You, you, nothing. You saw end caps at the grocery store. There may have been the occasional commercial along for Gillette or whoever, and you just went and bought what you bought. And then all of a sudden, this little company that nobody had ever heard of comes up with A, a new, a new model, a new product, and B, a hysterical video that got passed around the internet. And now all of a sudden, the Dollar Shave Club uh, grows over the course of three or four years and sells for a billion dollars. Um, that's what you have to do. You have to stand out in some way. They had a double whammy. They had great content. That, that first video and even their follow-up second video was fantastic. Um, and, their, and I would say the great content extended to their messaging and their branding and everything else was just right. But then they also had a great product. They had something that disrupted the marketplace and made expensive razors cheap again. Um, and so when you can combine two or three of those holy smokes things, then you're going to win. So this comes down to brand building through storytelling, Jason, or – that's part of it, sure. Uh, you know, the content piece of it, yes. But again, you can have a fantastic product 
and not a whole lot of you know messaging or or even great uh, customer experience, and you can still be successful. It just depends on sort of it's it, it, there's a, a sliding scale between how good the product is and what your audience will tolerate in terms of a, a, a less of an experience on those other things. I personally think that Southwest Airlines has a great product. I don't always think they have the greatest service in the world, but they have enough of a great product for me that I, don't, I overlook some service things in order to use them. So there's always going to be a sliding scale with, with your consumers, and it's understanding what that sliding scale is that helps you understand, okay, do I need to invest in product experience and content, or can I focus more energy on content and experience because I really just kind of have an average product? So there's going to be some sliding scale where you're going to want to settle. Yes, certainly a lot of moving parts that uh, need to align. Absolutely. Now, Jason, I'm going to be jumping around a little bit here. Forgive me for that, but who do you consider to be your influencers that you maybe follow online or otherwise for your own motivation and inspiration? Well, for motivation and inspiration, I look to people who um, help me, you know, keep my mind crisp. And so uh, Leo Babalta at Zen Habits is the first one that comes to mind. Uh, I have found great benefit in sort of the Eastern philosophy, you know, meditation and mindfulness and whatnot over the years. And having someone that I can look to who can help, you know, unclutter my brain, help de-stress, you know, the thoughts that are going on in my mind on a regular basis helps me think more clearly. Um, you know, Andy, uh, and his group at Headspace, which is a meditation app that I subscribe to and use on a regular basis. Um, I really like the, 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 the psychological impact that those types of influencers have on me because they keep me focused. They keep me calm. In terms of the industry, though, the digital marketing world, I'm very fortunate in that I came up in a time when social media was sort of first exploding and the early original influencers that everybody looked to, um, for whatever reason, embraced what I had to say. I've been friends with all. So uh, I, I still regularly read people like Chris Brogan and people like um, Todd Deffrin and Doc Searles and Brian Solis and Jeremiah Alyang and Charlene Lee. And there's a lot of them out there. And I've had the opportunity to either, you know, meet them, be become friends with them, speak on the same roster with them and even work with a couple of them. Um, and so I'm very fortunate in that the quote unquote influencers in my space are friends and colleagues. And that makes, I think, the inspiration for me um, more enriching because these are people that I can pick up the phone and call and say, hey, explain this to me a little bit more, right? So I have a, a little bit better tie to them than I think just a ra random reader would be. So uh, I'm very fortunate in that regard. Absolutely, Jason. I think with a certain level of humility, you're saying you are the influencer, man, or you're one of them for sure. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's for other people to decide. You know, it, it's funny. I've, I've had this argument with several people before. Uh, Doug Carr, who's a really good friend of mine, uh, and I have gone round and round on this before. I really and truly do not believe that I have the right to call myself an expert any more than I have the right to call myself, you know, uh, you know good looking or good in bed. I don't know that. That's an opinion for other people to have. Um, and and so Doug says, well, I call myself an expert. And I said, well, that means you're an asshole, you know. Um, and and he, he argues the, the opposite, of course. And, and that's fine. That, that's his opinion. But if other people consider me an expert, that I'm humbled by that. And I appreciate it. And, uh, and, and, and I'll, I'll take it. 
Again, Jason, appreciate that Southern charm. So uh, next question is this. Do you love to win or hate to lose and why? You know, 20 years ago, I would have immediately said I hate to lose because losing has this natural progression of meaning that you're not good enough, that you that you failed, um, that you're inferior in, in, in some regard. But I'm in my mid-40s now, being around a while and having lost a few times, having a $40,000, you know, debt after an event and, um, you know, having my teeth kicked in a couple of times in the business world. Um, I realize now that it, it's really more I love to win because um, I'm, I don't consider losing as as bad as it was. I don't consider it failure. I consider it learning. I consider it uh, an opportunity to to grow. And one of the things that I sort of settled on over the years that kind of helps calm my mind about my failures and my setbacks is that it may not be that I did something wrong or that I was a failure or that I was inferior. It may just be that the circumstances were not right for that to happen at that moment. Um, had I counted on that one guy to help me put butts in seats at that event at a different moment in time in his life, he may have blown it out of the, the water and we may have had an incredibly successful event. Um, so I don't even really point to him and say it was his fault. It's just the timing. There's so many factors that go into being successful that it may not be you. It may just be the market conditions. It may be a, you know the fickleness of consumers. It may be a lot of things. So I don't look at it now as I hate to lose because when you lose, you learn. I, I definitely look at it now as an older, I think more wise position of I just love to win because when you win, you, you say, all right, we, we were successful. I can pat myself on the back. And, and, and you look around and say, well, that doesn't mean anybody lost. We all won. Now, give our listeners something actionable here. What do you do to wind down after a long or stressful day? <laughs> well, I've got an 11-year-old son and an 8-year-old daughter. So, uh, I don't – A, I don't wind down. Um, but <laughs> but I, spending, spending time with my kids. I mean, you know, spending time with my kids. I also enjoy sports. We have a local minor league soccer team that we – we support here. We've got season tickets, so we go to sporting events. Um, if it's just me, if they're at their mom's house and it's just me, I'll pour myself a bourbon. I'll turn on a ball game, uh, sit out on my deck, and and enjoy the breeze. Um, you know, I'm I'm a pretty simple guy. I don't need a lot of a lot of you know fancy accoutrements to my life. I just need my family, a good drink, and and a ball game on the television. I'm a pretty happy man. Jason, you've co-authored two books, and pardon my language here, but the first is No Bullshit Social Media, and the second is The Rebel's Guide to Email Marketing. Now, if you had to boil it down for our listeners, what are a couple of the most important messages you would extract from those books that may help them with their digital marketing strategy? Sure. Uh, great question. No Bullshit Social Media is really kind of a blueprint for how to approach social media strategically. Um, it talks about, in the book, we talk about the seven business drivers of social media, what you can use it for from a business perspective. And so I think if I had to distill it all down, the book is really about doing just that. You need to decide that you're going to use social media strategically. You're going to pick one, two, three reasons why you're using it. You're going to ladder those up to your overall marketing and overall business plan, and you're going to make it an integrated part of what you're doing to push the levers you need to push to be successful in your business. Um, you may use social media for customer service. You may use it for research and development. You may use it for just driving sales and leads. There's lots of different ways you can approach it, but you need to approach it 
strategically and think of it strategically. And keep in mind that book was published, I think, in 2011. And so that was, even though all of the book almost still resonates today because we weren't focused on certain tools or, or anything like that. We were really focused on approaching it from a strategic standpoint. Um, but it was written in 2011, and back then businesses were – a lot of businesses were just saying, okay, social media, let's let the intern do it. And not that there aren't interns out there that can think strategically and be smart and do good things. It's just that's not where social media should by default be placed. It should be integrated into the holistic um, you know, marketing approach for your business. The interns certainly can help you translate what that strategy means into the tactical executions and can still be an integral part of, of running it for you. And it's a great education for them, too, by saying to them, hey, this is how you approach things strategically. That makes them a hell of a lot smarter than most interns right out of the gate, right? So that's really what the book's about is how to approach social media strategically. Um, the Rebel's Guide to Email Marketing was really a fun book that DJ Waldo and I wrote together, DJ being more of the email marketing expert than I, but we wrote it from the standpoint of there are so many quote-unquote rules out there about email marketing that people keep saying you shouldn't use all caps in the headline, you shouldn't email just a, a static image, you shouldn't do all these things. So we basically listed all those rules and then destroyed them. Um, and said it, the rules for email marketing are the rules that you establish for your brand, for your audience, for your market. Don't do it the way HubSpot does it. Don't do it the way Macy's does it. Don't do it the way other people do it just because some guy on stage at a conference said, this is how you do email marketing right. You've got to test and figure out for yourself what's right because that's the only way to really be successful as an email marketer. Jason, this has been great. I have one more question, but first I just want to say this episode has been exploding with valuable content. If people want to learn more about you, your blog, your books, or how you can help them, where can they find you? Oh boy, there's a couple different places. Um, the easiest way to find me is at jasonfalls.com, and that certainly routes you to my different social channels. But I'm Jason Falls pretty much everywhere, so I'm pretty easy to find. In fact, there's a, a local politician in North Carolina named Jason Falls who hates me because I own all the URLs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I'm a Democrat. He's a Republican, so it all works out great. Um, anyway, um, so jasonfalls.com is a good place to go. Certainly, Elasticity uh, is a full-service marketing digital PR firm uh, that we, um, you know, we we would love to work with you. Goelastic.com is the website there. I also blog there on a regular basis, and I still do a Founders Corner column on Social Media Explorer, even though it's owned by someone else now. So you can still find me at Social Media Explorer as well, um, and. Uh, see me around the country at various conferences talking about this stuff. Great stuff, man. Again, exploding with content here. We'll be sure to include some links in your show notes page. Thank you for freeing up the time today to join me on Bidzy Small Business Society, man. You take care. Thanks. I appreciate you having me. Bidzy.com is the website that connects customers and respected local businesses. Customers list goods or services they need and businesses bid on them. Customers, if you're looking for a service provider or a local professional, go to Bidzy.com and post your projects for free. Businesses, if you're looking for new customers or a way to expand your customer base, sign up for your 30-day free trial today at Bidzy.com. Thank you for joining us today on Bidzy Small Business Society. 
Go to Bidzy.com for information and resources on how you can grow your business. Support Bidzy Small Business Society by writing a review and giving us a five-star rating in iTunes. Your positive review and five-star rating will allow us to continue bringing you free, valuable content from amazing and inspiring entrepreneurs and small business owners. Rate and review Bidzy Small Business Society today.